BYUSN Selection Sunday, unfortunately quiet for BYU basketball. How should we define the season with no postseason play for the men? The women, in contrast, will play on. Head coach Amber Whiting will join us in studio to break down the WNIT. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is March 13th, wherever and however you have connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with CBI bracketologist Jerem Jordan. Uh, literally couldn't name a team. Uh, CBI or NIT. I looked up the NIT uh, or, or CIT. I looked up the NIT just to see who made it. I saw Santa Clara made it, so nice job, Broncos. LMU did not. So is LMU not playing? They didn't make the postseason, 19 and 12? BYU probably eliminated LMU from the NIT. They had a great year, but it's not that great if you don't make the NIT, right? Uh, but, yeah, different standards. But, uh, yeah, dude, Saturday looked like it was popping in the Smith Fieldhouse, man. 5,000 yeah. fans! 5,071 fans to watch BYU men's volleyball. They just see Ohio State. They're like, we're here. Ohio State's a brand name. I mean, there's history between BYU and Ohio State, I don't State, want to talk right? about it. I'm not over it. I was there. I saw it in person in 16 and 17. It was nice to see BYU overwhelm Ohio State from the service line in contrast to what happened in the national championship. Yeah, it just stakes a little different. But, uh, yeah, I feel like. No, it looked awesome, man. And I knew it was going to be top gun night. And I was yeah. like, oh, Steve Yell's going to eat this up. He absolutely did. He it did. Up. I want to say that his quote total from the movie Probably hit around 65. Are you serious? I'm not, that even, high? Ki- I'm not <laughs> even kidding. <laughs> That's great. Okay, on today's show, how would you define the now-ended men's basketball season? We'll discuss. Fun question of the day coming up. A look back at our season projections. How off were they? Varies the answer. Mm. Amber Whiting in studio to talk about the women making the WNIT. Bit of a surprise there. BYU in it. That's awesome. And who are we cheering on in March Madness now? Is it more Big 12 or the homies in the WCC? Here are today's headlines. Let's begin with more from BYU women's basketball and that WNIT conversation. It's a 64-team bracket now, which benefits a team like BYU. Round one will begin on Wednesday. Matchups, locations, times, and the completed bracket will be released today at 4 Eastern. BYU accepted a bid without knowing basically anything else. Should they wait to know who they're playing to accept? <laughs> I kid. Why did they wait so long, too? Why wasn't it last night like everybody else? I don't know. What's going on? Men's hoops uh, does not qualify for the postseason. First time since 2019, um, and just the third time since 1999 that BYU didn't make the NCAA tournament or NIT. Again, BYU chooses not to play in anything but those two tournaments. If you're North Carolina, you're like, we don't even play in the NIT. Uh, 2005, 2019, and now 2023. Now, you've, you've been brought this up. After each of those other two, BYU moved on from that coach. I don't anticipate that being the case with Mark Pope no. after this year. So this will be the uh, first time where you don't make that, but Pope stays. It's also unique in the BYU is going to a Power 5 conference. I, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I heard that. That's exciting. BYU football, speaking of the P5, finishing their first week of spring practice in pads on Friday. Wide receiver Keanu Hill says early on, He's really confident in the BYU defense. I'm really confident about our new defense that we just, just came in, to be honest. Like, we've been seeing like, a lot of new stunts, a lot of new fronts and all that stuff. So I really, I really like how this defense is with Coach, Coach Hill coming in. So yeah, I really feel really confident about our defense. Interesting take from a veteran offensive player to go the defensive side. Practices for the Cougars continue through this week. Track field competed at the NCAA Indoor National Championships in Albuquerque, where the women had 10 All-American honors, six on the first team, led by Claire Seymour's fourth place finish in the 800, and three-peat as a first-teamer, as well as Sierra Tidwell-Alfin's 
two meter high jump to take eights. Nice job. The men had eight All-American honors, seven on the first team, led by Casey Klinger, second in the 5K and fourth in the 3K. Number eight BYU men's volleyball beat number 15 Ohio State both Friday and on the aforementioned Top Gun night on Saturday. The Cougars won in four on Friday. Five sets required on Saturday in front of those 5,000 plus fans, but what would Top Gun night be without some drama? Black unis look amazing. First time I can recall ever. Yeah. BYU with yep. those, pretty cool. On the women's side, how about Heather Knighting? has been invited to the USA Volleyball Spring Training this week. Good luck to Heather as she continues on at the highest level of volleyball. Baseball got two of the three games in at Creighton in Omaha, Nebraska, losing 8-6, 15-5 Friday and Saturday. The Cougars host rival Utah tomorrow, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. BYU Gymnastics scores a 196.050 in a road loss to Arizona last Friday. Last regular season meet for the Cougars. They did post a new season high on vault of 49.375, massive score there. Now it's on to the MRGC championships for the Cougars. Women's tennis beat Boise State 6-1 on Friday, then swept Utah 4-0 Saturday for a fourth straight win. Men's team lost 4-0 to Utah. Eric Mika had six points, six assists, and 10 points for G League Ignite in a win over the Texas Legends yesterday. In the international front, Yoli Childs in Germany had 15 points, five rebounds, and a loss to Ludwigsburg. Oh, Ludwigsburg, uh, they got you. a real high tempo. They're, they're tremendous. Get you. Michael Rucker pitched a scoreless one and two thirds for the Cubs Saturday and a 5-2 win against the Dodgers. I went to two games Saturday, but I didn't make it to uh, Little Wrigley there. My bad. Little Wrigley. Yeah, I've never been there either. It's fun. It's like Wrigley. Spring, tra spring training is very underrated. If you haven't been, it's you off. should go. It's yeah, fantastic. It's in the XFL, yeah, professional football still happening. Tomasi Laulile had two total tackles, uh, one solo for the Arlington Renegades in their 24-11 loss to the St. Louis Battlehawks. That's my favorite kind of hawk. Tijon Caroma and the Seattle Sea Dragons won 15-6 over the San Antonio Brahmas. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trend. And that'll do it. St. Mary's into the WCC title game. We were, man, we were really trying to find ourselves. This is this is who we are. We just couldn't get over the top. What's trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Coach Pope pretty much summed up the season. We just couldn't get over the hump. Jerem, how would you, looking back now that the season is complete, no postseason for the men, how would you define the basketball season? Sub-20. If you're sub-20 wins, uh, it wasn't good enough, right? You play more games nowadays, too. Like when, when Danny and the boys are, are doing stuff, they're not playing 30-plus games like they do nowadays. But sub-20, always below the standard for BYU. Not making the NIT below the standard for BYU. There are going to be years where just something's off and you don't succeed. Um, why do you have to have? Again, I'm going to reference something I've uh, referenced a lot on this program is in 2017, BYU took a massive step backward in football, but it helped to take a massive step forward. Sometimes you got to go down to go up like a, I don't know, like a plane before it takes off or something, whatever analogy you want to make. 
This men's basketball team, we hope, takes a step forward in the Big 12 in recruiting, in possibility, in strength of schedule, in opportunity to make the NCAA tournament and play at a level where it feels like it's deserved to be for a long time. So sub-20 certainly is frustrating, and perhaps, and we hope, this is the year that sort of propels BYU into the future because, hey, you got to make some changes. What those changes look like are up to Mark Pope and uh, Tom Homa and this uh, you know, staff to figure out with the, with the roster and everybody and everything. 19 and 15 overall, net uh, 85, that's lowest since 2019, where BYU was actually 86. Ken Palm 75, lowest since 2019 as well. Quad one, um, one and seven, combined quad one and two, two and 11. Those St. Mary's and Gonzaga one point loss at home really hurt. Oh, brutal. You, you win those, you feel differently. You are different, right? You're I, in the NIT. You're in the NIT, probably, and you are at expectation. At expectation would be 20-plus wins and in the NIT. Above expectation is like, hey, we made the tourney. We make the tourney every couple years or whatever. I don't know exactly what our sort of hope there is every three years, four years. Okay, the, but what really hurt BYU this year was quad three and quad four losses. The fact that BYU had four yeah. this year, I believe that's more than BYU had combined the previous three years. I don't oh, think BYU geez. was losing those games. That was the difference in the Mark Pope era from previous years was BYU wasn't losing that game at Pepperdine. For sure. Anymore, right? Santa Clara got better. LMU got better. Whatever. BYU still expects to not lose those games. And I said it before, we're not going to have that loss anymore. There won't be quad three losses where you go, geez, we shouldn't be losing that at Pepperdine. When it's at West Virginia, we'll go, you know what? We probably weren't supposed to win that game anyway. It's okay. We got to win at home. The, the, the four quad three and quad four losses were just terrible. If BYU only loses one of those mm. and beats Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the games where they led late, perhaps we feel very different about the season. I, I think we're only talking about like a five-game difference here, Spence, maybe four games that sort of swung the season. And this team um, you know, had some really nice moments. Beating Creighton was awesome. Um, but in the end, fourth lowest offensive efficiency since 2009. Um, the defense was good most of the year. They end up actually being the lowest-rated defense of the Pope era uh, when, all, when the dust settles. They were ranked higher, but the actual metric of 97.6 is, is the worst of the Pope era. So they certainly did some nice things. But in the end, you push the reset button. You hope you got a nice young core going into the Big 12 that's exciting of Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson and Foose and Spencer Johnson and so on. Spencer Johnson will be one of those leaders on the team next year. You say thank you to Rudy and Gideon. Hopefully you bring in some talent. You need a center. You need another big. You're going to lose some guys you don't expect to lose. And then hopefully we go into the Big 12 and you pull off what West Virginia did yesterday, mm -hmm. which is get a nine seed as a 19-14 and 14 team. This is the way. This is the way. I love Mandalorian. Episode 2, so good, right? It's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, in contrast to what we're discussing as we define the BYU basketball season. I can sum it up in one word, frustrating. The entire season was extremely frustrating, and you mentioned four or five swing games. I'll pinpoint three. The South Dakota loss at, at the time, I believe, was Vivint Smart Home Arena. Now it's the Delta Center I think Center it, during again. the game it went from Energy Solutions <laughs> Arena to Vivint to Delta. It was crazy. At the now Delta Center. That loss? Well, it's a minute till it's the Delta Center, right? I think this summer. Okay. Yeah. Regard it's it'll vivid at the moment. The, it'll Let's give them their flowers. It's the Delta Center for me. That's <laughs> nice. what it was at first. Nice. And then 
the losses at home to Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Yeah. So just swing those three games. So a one-point loss to South Dakota, or was it two? Regardless, it was a one-possession game. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what right? the mark was. <laughs> the point is, three one-possession games. Yeah. You swing those in BYU's favor. Now you have two more quad one wins, and you avoid the worst loss of the Mark Pope era. I mean, losing to South Dakota was as bad as it gets. It, that, it might, that was a terrible team. I think they finished, what, 315 they were, or 320? They were, in the, they were in the 300s, I think. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. Now BYU's 22-13 and 13 overall mm-hmm. and probably have a you're home game the in bubble. the NIT. Yeah, you're on the bubble for the – we're at least like going, hey, maybe. 22-13 and 13 has BYU in the NIT, and I think probably gives them a home game because the NIT is like, yeah, Provo's a great place to seats. host – the NIT. Hey, I have great news. Uh, South Dakota was 298. So oh, it wasn't it wasn't a 300 plus loss. Sorry, they we were, did it. They were 315 we a couple it. of weeks we're ago. We're good. You know what? Not a bad loss anymore. 298 out of 352 yeah, college was, basketball teams in Salt Lake City. That was tough. I define the season as frustrating, and it's because BYU showed us at times, like, oh, maybe this team could do some things. They got hot at the end of non-conference play. And we were all kind of thinking. They were 10 and 3. We're okay. like, okay. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is for they were sure. Be all right. They feel like an NIT team. Maybe they could steal a few games in the West Coast Conference and be bubblicious for the NCAA tournament. I want to rewind to the end of non conference to that conversation because that's where we all were at 10 and 3. Like, you beat Creighton, yeah. you beat Dayton, you played your best game of the season against Utah. And we're we'll, feeling good. We'll forgive the South Dakota loss because. You'd done some nice things. And then it just it's became this, I don't know, feeling throughout all of West Coast Conference play. Like, you could beat anybody, you can lose to anybody. They proved that. It was very frustrating. And I say that with confidence because the players will tell you the same thing. Extremely frustrating. They knew what they were capable of, and they just didn't quite hit the mark. Again, Mark Pope said it best. We just couldn't quite get over the hump in the, the game against St. Mary's and for the season overall, right there on occasions. Yep. Just could not do enough. Weren't good enough, and that's frustrating, right? They were yes. real close to being good enough. It's okay to be frustrated. The players are. If you aren't frustrated, you're not, you're not competitive enough. Yeah, you should be frustrated. This team should be in the NIT. This team has enough talent on the roster. Yeah as young or as inexperienced or as, you know, heavily influenced by the transfer portal as they were. And this team that has, doesn't enough, matter. has Th- enough talent. Yeah, just they were good enough. Yeah, no matter where they came from. They should be in the NIT. Yeah, absolutely. That is frustrating. Yeah. Just get into the NIT, whatever, as a seven seed and eight seed to play a role. They were not good enough to get to that level. And that stinks. Always going to be disappointed in that level, right? BYU basketball is a proud tradition. This is a team that's won a gajillion games over time. It's had some great players, national players of the year and, and whatnot. This is, uh, this is a team that didn't even sniff the NCAA tournament in the last two years, which is disappointing. So certainly there is a challenge ahead of this uh, program right now. Mark Pope said as much to uh, yeah. me after the game, uh, you know, on, on Monday night after St. Mary's. He said, we're at the bottom of Mount Everest, and we need to, to make this climb. And then I said, do you know a good Sherpa? And he said, yeah. that's our job. Meaning the coaches, sure. they've got to go find these players. And to some degree, it's probably on BYU donors to some degree as well. The reality is to compete in men's basketball, you need NIL money. You need it in football too. 
But like BYU uh, is going to need some dough to get some quality players. Now, are there BYU specific? Like I grew up a Coug, I want to be here. Um, guys that will come here maybe for less, whatever. Yes. But there are certain players that BYU needs to inject into the program that didn't grow up thinking I'm going to BYU or I'm members of the church or wherever they're from that, that may need the market value to come here. The portal is specifically tied to NIL money, I yeah. feel, the most heavily. Yeah. It is, it is sure. guys in the portal. But, like, think about it. Like, uh, you know, a Colin Chandler type, when he gets back from his mission, let's not be weird and think that he's just automatically coming here no matter what. He will be tempted by big oh, programs for to say, sure. we will pay you for sure. 200 or whatever to go here. Like, BYU's got to uh, be ready for that. And hopefully, obviously, he stays at BYU. It would be great. But let, everything's year to year now. Everything's year to year. I hate it. I don't like that trend. But it is what it is. Yeah. Everything in your life's day to day. I mean, we're kind of used to this, right? Our question of the day. In the spirit of the Oscars last night. Oh, yeah. Movies on the mind. Which movie best depicts this BYU basketball season? Greg Rosenhan on Twitter answers, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> the opportunity to be great was there, but it just didn't come together. So he's critiquing the movie. It's very, very on-brand uh, Harry Potter mention on this program. He's not far <laughs> off from where I am with my movie. What's your movie? I choose Star Wars Episode Eight: <sighs> The Last Jedi. Jerem, I knew going in, because of what people had told me that had seen it before me, that it was going to be some, it was going to be a little disappointing and cheesy. But I still went in. Oh like, yeah, we still hoping like, yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm going to make it great. It's going to be great. And then there were just these moments of, what? Like, no. What, what are you doing? It, it's not that hard. Mine was Thor, Love, and Thunder. Same <laughs> idea. After Ragnarok, Taika Waititi. Yes. This is going to be awesome, right? It's going to be great. Uh, it just wasn't quite what we wanted. No. Still, like, there were fun parts of it and, you know, the journey, but ultimately not exactly what when we wanted. Princess Leia got blasted into space and then somehow automatically... It was your Mary Poppins moment. Her Mary <laughs> that was it. I was like, I'm, it's not good. It's not good. Calling out Ryan Johnson. <laughs> your name is spelled weird. Tomorrow we have Rivalry Baseball live from Miller Park as the Cougars host Utah 7 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Hey, need the boys back home to get a big win. Up next, BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting headed to the NIT with her team. Let's go. Does she have any insight as to who they might play, where, when, or is she waiting like the rest of us? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. Lace up my shoes, time to get it. Put in the work, come with it. We are live at Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. The women's basketball team will play on. They're headed to the WNIT. But when and where? Have no and idea. Against who? We'll find out later this afternoon. We don't know. Joining us to discuss that and much more is the head coach of BYU women's basketball, Amber Whiting. Amber, congratulations on playing on, getting into the WNIT. How do you handle the idea of accepting a bid and then waiting and having no idea where you play, who you play, or when you play? 
Um, I'm not one to that likes limbo at all. I like to plan, know where I'm going, you know, game prep. I would be have watched film all weekend if I knew, but we just got to take what's ours right now. So you watch the select show like everybody else yep. uh, this afternoon, and uh, you'll find out what are you anticipating you'll be on the road for this. Um, we put in a bid to host, so hopefully we get a host at least one, two rounds um, before we have to go on the road. But I would like to win as long as possible and wherever that is, I don't care. What's the uh, sort of benefit of this situation? Because obviously you want to be in the NCAA tournament, mm -hmm. but it's year one. It's a group that was pretty young. Um, you, you've uh, had a nice, couple of nice wins in the uh, uh, tournament in Vegas. What are you hoping to accomplish specifically in this tournament that perhaps propels you into the Big 12? Um, I think any postseason experience you have is good, especially for the girls as young as we were are. Um, I also believe that I don't well, I don't feel like our season should have ended on that note, mm. if that makes sense. Um, and a lot of the girls were really unhappy if that was it. You know, that's our game. And I told them in the locker room after, you know, this moment can't define us because we've had a really good season, a really good. But if they know that they can go back out and lay it out there one more time or just go fight one more time, like that's always like something that's like gets you excited. So there, I got a lot of texts last night from them when we got in and they were really excited awesome. about it. So that's good. Okay, so when you look at your team as currently constituted and what you face moving forward, yes, you're going to get into the WNIT, but then it's on to the Big 12. You played Oklahoma, one of the better teams in the Big 12 this year, and you played them pretty tough at home. Um, you're bringing in some big-time recruits, your daughter Amari, uh, I, I mean, Jenna Asai, among others. How close are you to, to where you feel like you need to be roster-wise to compete for a Big 12 championship? Um, I feel like the new ones coming in, I have five new signings in the 23 class and then two transfers. Um, I feel like that enhances our roster a ton. Um, and the play style that they're bringing in is m my kind of play and to be able to play defense and to be able to just get out and run more playmakers, more everything within that roster. Um, I feel like that helps us in the Big 12 because the play, and I'm watching the uh, championship game yesterday, the play is going to be a lot different than the WCC. Um, so that helps in that aspect. And so, I mean, you just got to keep building every single year. And yeah. so I can't say, oh, we've arrived, you know, because we're not there yet. And granted, I mean, we're going to have new problems next year, right? So every year is going to pre present something new. Um, so as long as we keep building, I think we're in a good spot. I think I'm excited about your signing class for next year more than any other sport at BYU. I'll be honest. Because <laughs> it's Idaho, Utah. Nevada Gatorade Players of the Year, mm -hmm. a top 40 signee, uh, you know, out of Oregon. Obviously, your daughter's top 40 as well. Uh, I, I'm like, are we doing that in any other sport? <laughs> like, like, this is great. And there's a lot of talent at BYU, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to um, kind of, and it's interesting because you do have a couple of those on the roster, like practicing. How are practices, by the way? Because you, you have, uh, you know, a, a good group sitting there ready for next year. I think it pushes our first group uh, really hard. Um, and I, they like being scout, just being able to have freedom, right? But there's been a couple of jokes in practice where, you know, I've had to say, you know, I'm gonna get that defense out of you. Like being, <laughs> my transfers that are coming in, right? Cause I, they just kind of chill sometimes on defense and that's not acceptable. Um, but, you know, when you get to college, I feel like Everything you've done in high school and all the rankings and whatnot, it's kind of out the window. Like now you got to go in your, earn your stripes again. And so I know, and maybe it's because Amari's in that class, but I'm going to be way harder on this class than what I've already had, right? Like because I'm going to expect more out of them. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I just, I'm excited for the future for sure. Head coach Amber Whiting of BYU women's basketball is on BYU Sports Nation. As they play the T- TBDs at TBD uh, in TBD. Yep. Location. <laughs> Absolutely. Very exciting. Can't wait we'll for that game. We'll find out. It'll be awesome. You mentioned that, understandably, your whole team was really disappointed with that Gonzaga game in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. And I, I'm sure that Lauren Gustin was at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Nine points, nine rebounds. Not what we have seen her do this year. She is so close to setting the single-season rebounding record in the NCAA for total rebounds in, in, in one 32 season. Away. 32 away, which, which is wild. Huge. So giving her specifically the opportunity to play in the WNIT, how much of a factor was that in, in your mind? Because she is a special player. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she – first thing we, when we got outside the locker room, she's like, okay, so are, what, are we, like, what are our chances, right? Um, I don't think that she is more record-driven as much as win-driven. Mm. And so when we lost that game, she knew that that wasn't what we, where we wanted to end, what we wanted to do. And so for her, I feel like that she just wants to win. And so those records come because we win. Um, and the more we can keep playing, the better it is for her. So, Like process-based. If she has 32 rebounds in, say, two games, that is her average. And her average typically means she's doing well, the team's doing well, the process as opposed to the outcome, right? Um, and then Nani Falatea... When she's good, she's really good, right? Um, how have you seen her develop into sort of role-playing three-point shooter last year to 14 a game and first-team all-conference guard who can really take over if she if she wants? She's had a lot of pressure on her this year for that re- very reason. Um, and I've just kind of, like, talked to her through things, you know, like just control what you can control and give us 110% all the time. And she's playing a lot of minutes, and that's not always conducive to – output as far as like when you get tired or whatnot right Um, but she's done a lot for us this year and I've really loved her development um, and just hope that keeps going for us how excited are you to not play a Monday game in tournament style (laughs) (laughs) so excited our Monday games have been awesome this year being sarcastic but yeah are Mondays a possibility in the big 12 um, so I know on the men's at, side they are. I've looked at the schedule. I believe we only have one Monday throughout the whole, whole schedule. Ooh, you've seen the schedule. Well, it's not, not out no. yet. I've seen dates. You've oh, seen you've seen dates. dates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, listen, a date would be better than what you have for the WNIT right now. And you have that <laughs> in the Big 12. Yeah. You don't so have you that for the next Wednesday, game. Thursday or Friday <laughs> away home. I don't know. Is that generally what, like, uh, in terms of days of the week? Yeah, so they gave us, they said, what day can you play Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? And then the next round, I believe, is Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. So You're talking WNIT right now? Yes, okay. yes. Are you talking about Big 12? I am talking Big about Big 12 is Wednesday, Saturday. Wednesday, Saturday. Yep. Do you, Do you like, like that, that extra day? Love yeah. that format because then it gives you an extra day in between for game prep, for recovery, for, you know, legs, everything. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that prep. That if it's sure. two road in a row, would you stay out? Yeah. Okay. If it's – and then, Yeah. For sure, we stay out because by the time fly you fly Tuesday, home. Fly Tuesday, fly home. And then you fly back out. And then it depends on what time zones, if you're away. If it's West Virginia or Cincinnati. Or yeah, yeah, there's that in play as well. Yeah. I like the, the the men, I believe, will have some Mondays involved and some maybe even Tuesdays. Like, it's, yeah. So that could be gnarly. A Monday game just stinks. It just does. It's, it's the worst. And it's, it's just it's part the of the deal here. We, we don't practice on Sunday. You can walk through, but you can't practice. I don't want to make excuses, but it's the worst. No, it, I mean, sometimes, yeah, it is bad. But on the flip side, the kids or the players, they know when that rest days are coming. 
Does that make sense? So like there's a light at the end of the tunnel of your week. Um, whereas some programs is like, we don't have a day off. When is the last day we've had off, you know? So, True. That, that so day of rest is that, literal. Yeah, it is good for them. Yeah. Uh, March Madness will exist in the Whiting home. Your son, Jason, yeah, Boise State that? got yeah. an at-large bid as a 10 yes. seed. Yes, Mountain West, four bids. So are, are you going to be able to fly out and watch him play on location? Or how is that all going to work? Is it WNIT is maybe going to impact that? No. Um, Trent was on the computer last night. As soon as it got released, he got his flight. He's going. I've got to – I mean, this is what I'm here for, right? Sure. So if we win, we're playing again. Sorry. When we win, we're playing again. Okay. So I just – Jason and I talked last night. We knew this, like, coming up, right? And so I can get on TV and watch, too. Or if we lose, which we're not going to, then I can go. But right now the plan is just me stay here because playing, play, 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 and he's out. What, how was March Madness growing up in your house? Because you're, like, probably the basketball house of houses. Is it like, <laughs> are you guys filling out brackets? Is it competitive? Oh, we always have brackets. Yeah. And then whoever yeah. wins, you know, everybody has to owe them something or whatnot. And so Anything fun owed? Uh, for me, I was more like, give me foot rubs, give me like, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for other, the kids, they want shoes or whatnot. Um, but yeah, we have a family, like an extended family bracket that we have like an actual trophy that gets passed around oh, to whoever nice. household. That's serious. Um, yeah, we, we go all above for that. I'm, I'm That's awesome. For it. Uh, and speaking of shoes, I need to compliment you on the Georgetown Thank low you. Air Jordan 11s. We don't call them Georgetown 11s. That's good. What's, <laughs> they were, what's they the were inspired <laughs> by Jordan. Georgetown. Yes, they were. Yeah. Now, this was uh, Trent's always good on the shoe game. So yes, he, he always is. makes sure I have good shoes. If you sniff it, it smells like John Thompson's towel. <laughs> it's super weird, but that's how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. You bet. Good luck this you week bet. against you. whoever you're playing. <laughs> um, if you any of the, we'll find out. If yeah. you miss any uh, you know, interviews, shows, games, you can go to BYUSN.com. All the Spencer Linton you could ever yep. want on BYUSN.com. Go and beat that team. Beat, the beat, the, I beat that beat team. Them. Beat them. Get them. Hey, uh, on the men's side, the Big 12 has how many teams in the NCAA tournament again? Good grief. Percentage-wise, it's tops. We shouldn't be that surprised, right? I'm not surprised. This is BYU Sports. Seven and six. Men and women. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, where the BYU women's basketball team is going to play later this week. Can't wait for that. Uh, follow us on social media where we will tell you that situation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just like we don't have answers from the WNIT, we don't really have any answers in what we're about to say uh, and, and the questions we're about to ask. This Speak is... for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip represented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Not, not sure if you heard this, but you always go to the Big 12 next year. Um, and that league sent a nation high 70% of its men's teams to March Madness, 7 out of 10. And a nation high 60% of its women's teams. Yep. Your thoughts? Uh, this is what we thought it would be. In fact, I am a little surprised that the men's side didn't get eight teams. And I thought Oklahoma State Oklahoma was going to be the final state. Oklahoma State was the first team out. Yeah. They were that close. Nevada it was that close in. to being 80% of the league in the NCAA tournament. That's going to go down next year, by the way. The seven of 
those, those seven teams on the men's side that got in, none of those are double-digit seats. Yes, all single-digit <laughs> seats. And oh, by the way, Houston, incomer, is a one seed. Yeah. And like yeah. the second overall seed, maybe, or something? I think the four Incredible. Four of the, the top four seeds are all... Top three. Top three seeds. Yes, amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. And, no, it's going to be a uh, bloodbath, bro. Like, we, we got to prepare. We got to recruit. No, it's very exciting. Very exciting. I love it. I do feel like the BYU women's basketball team is certainly positioning yes, to, have a to, lot of talent. to be competitive in year one. Yes, you bring back some good talent, obviously, Lauren Gustin, Nani Falate, and others. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. All right, who are you cheering more for in the NCAA tournament? Is it Gonzaga St. Mary's and the West Coast Conference finale tour? Or are you cheering for the Big 12 teams at this point? Honestly, I've, uh, I'm, I think I'm cheering for. Eh, it's equal. I don't know. Uh, all of them. Gonzaga. I'm, I'm rooting for St. Mary's. I have no ill will towards St. Mary's anymore. I don't know. That's like now that we're going to the Big 12, I just don't care as much. I guess. But yeah, rooting for all the Big 12 teams too, because it's like, hey, we're about to move into that neighborhood. Like we're building a house and we're going to that yeah. ward. Does that make sense emotionally? Sure. sure. We know people. Uh, and, and spent we a lot know, of time around people, we know people on the Gonzaga and St. Mary's side. Barrett Henderson is a good friend, yeah. sports information director for the Zags. I sat next to Barrett like during one of the games. It was yeah, awesome. Barrett's awesome. Alex Jensen's a good friend of yep. ours. He's the voice of the Gales. Like, yep. I want those guys to have a good experience in the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga typically does. National right. champ picked by several people. I do feel like St. Mary's got an absolutely brutal draw with VCU. I would not be surprised to see the Gales lose in round one because VCU presses and St. Mary's struggled mightily with the press against BYU and Gonzaga. Saw that firsthand Tuesday against yes, Gonzaga. Yes, VCU a, that does good. that by nature. No one breaks down VCU basketball like BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Big 12, though, for the national championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. March Madness begins Thursday. I'm not sure if you heard this. I guess Tuesday, technically. Uh, brackets are out. Are you fill out a single bracket and submit that in multiple places, guy? Or are you a fill out different versions, like multiverse brackets, guy? I only fill out two versions. One. Two versions. As a fan. It's like where I want teams, like the teams that I want to win. Mixed with, the, you want to mixed win. with a little bit of like logic. Okay, so it's more of like. Uh, Mingled with logic. Yes, exactly right. So there's one of those brackets. And then there's just the one that I think is going to happen. Like straight up. No emotion involved. No fandom. Do you just brag like, about both? Do I brag about both? Like if, if the one that. Well, not surprisingly, typically the one that removes emotion from it is the one that does pretty well. Just do the colors. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, I'm a one bracket guy. Yeah, everywhere. So I'm, I'm just, because I lose track two. of what I even guessed. I'm like, what did I say again? I can't have both teams to win in a game. Come on now. I'm, I'm only, yeah, I'm, I'm calling Buffalo Wild Wigs, telling them who, what's up. Two different types of brackets, but I will say this. Yeah. Everyone's like, what advice do you have for me, Spencer? Is to fill out the bracket. That no one knows anything. Okay, well, I know this much. The cream typically rises to the top. Like, you, you're not going to go wrong if you pick great teams to eventually be in the Elite Eight in the Final Four. Like, typically, those teams will be there at the end. But it's not very fun. It is what it is. If you want to win your bracket, the cream rises. If you want to win to your bracket, top. just flip a coin. It cream rises matter. to the top. Casey Klinger. How about the weekend he had? Amazing. Way track and field. Finished second in the 5K, fourth in the 3K at the NCAA Championships. And has he cemented himself as one of the all-time BYU runners on the BYU running Mount Rushmore by doing this? Casey Klinger is a baller, but no. Yeah. Here's my top four. Frankie Fredericks, 
four silvers. Get out of here. Come on. Ed He's a sprinter. Three-time national champ and Olympian. Henry Marsh, fourth and sixth in the uh, 84 and 88 steeple chase. And Connor Mayer, two-time national champ. Connor's the dude. Like Jared Ward's in there, Josh McAdams, uh, Josh Rohatinsky, Casey Kling. There are others that I haven't mentioned. Um, but those are my top four. And, and obviously a couple of those, or one of those was a sprinter. If you're talking distance runners, like maybe. But honestly, this is such an amazing running school. It's hard to crack that. Like you've got to win the Natty and maybe make the Olympics. Connor Mance is the standard for this current age of runners as a back-to-back -back individual national champion in cross country. That he's, is so difficult to do. The standard feels like he's like the peak. He's he's the so he's what I'm as saying good is like, as that's who he can be in the that's modern who era. you aim for. Like if yeah. you want to be in the Mount Rushmore conversation, all you have to do is win two natties. It's difficult. <laughs> All right, we That's did uh, our Top Gun call signs on Friday. <laughs> I was white pants. Jason Shepard, whether he wants it or not, it's leg day. Nice. Uh, leg Steve day. Steve Vale gave himself the call sign Donuts on Saturday night. Donuts? He said, and it seems like, not donut, donuts, because there has to be multiple. Um, what? Jerem, what's, what's your call sign? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Cosmo Cat? <laughs> Blue Coog? Eagle Fang Karate? I have no Eagle idea. Fang? <laughs> Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I have no idea. <laughs> Michael Sarah lookalike? I have no we, clue. We need yeah. help for Jerem. Kind of like I asked for help on Friday. By the way, the fans responded and told me that I need to be Vanilla Man. So and Because Jamal Williams yeah. called us, though. Or just Vanilla. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I just think it's getting a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. It's Jerem's call side. <laughs> it mattereth not. To me, he doth not stinketh. Up next, um, this stinks, that's for sure. Our preseason projections for the BYU men's basketball season. How off were we? You'll find out next. <laughs> did, it, did we get anything right? We ain't picking BYU to not make the NIT, though. Did Come on now. right? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on a Monday. Still don't know the WNIT matchup, by the way, for the BYU women. As far as the men go, with the end of the season, I guess it's time to look back, not necessarily on the season, but on our season picks. Yeah. Painful as this might be. Yeah. Now, prior to the first game of the regular season, we offered our season projections. And once again, it's time to face the music. Okay, leading score. I said Foos, you said Rudy. It was Foos by point one. Point one. Win! <laughs> he was 12.9, Rudy was 12.8. Both way too low for the leading score. I want BYU's leading score to be 15 plus. Okay. We didn't even pick both those guys at 15. We both were up around the 14 mark. Yeah. Leading Three-point percentage, minimum 20 attempts. I went with my guy Spencer Johnson, and he clearly was the best three-point shooter on the team. I said 40%. He shot 46%. Incredible. Yeah, and uh, who'd you have? I had Rudy. Rudy, okay. Yeah. Needed him to be better, right? We're hoping. Yeah, Rudy did not shoot 46%. No. Listen, he could have shot 45%. What a loss. That's true. That's Great. true. Second leading rebounder, because we thought Foose would be the leading rebounder, obviously. We both nailed it. We both had Gideon George. He had oh, 5.8. Hey. High five! We got some things right! High five! We got, we got some things right. You were right about Foose. Yeah. I was right about Spencer Johnson. Okay. We're both right about we Gideon George. We actually got some stuff right. Okay. But wait, there's more. 
Uh, most fouls projection. Yes, this is my favorite category. <laughs> we call this the Nate Austin Award. I said Atiki Ali Atiki, that he would have 82 overall fouls. <laughs> he wasn't the most, though. It was Gideon George who had 88. Yeah, I had Foos with 76. Foos didn't even finish in the top three. My guy staying out of foul trouble. No, Atiki had 78. He was second most, so I was kind of close yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Congrats right. to Gideon. Yeah, Gideon, you did it. The Nate Austin Award. The most fouls award. We you like print him off something. <laughs> like, hey, we need to swing by the studio. Uh, wins versus St. Franzaga. Now, remember, San Francisco used to be good at the basketball. Yeah. Last year. Yep. So we said St. Franzaga, even against our wishes, we we're like, they're not going to be good. Uh, how many wins would BYU have against St. Mary's, San Francisco, and Gonzaga? I said three, you said two. The answer was one. It was against San Francisco on senior night by 26. Jerem, you're two. basically should be three were three wins because it was by such a large margin, said no one. You're two essentially buzzer beaters away from being right with your projection of three. Yeah. It was I, one. I, I want someone who's not actually listening to the show to just look at our lower third here and they're like, St. Franzaga, what's that? <laughs> No, no that's that. not a team. Yeah, there's. Are they in the big cloud? There's no more of that. No, they're in the slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're done with that. I'm thinking of the three best teams in the Big 12 right now. And the combos. Kansas and Texas uh, and uh, maybe Baylor. Yeah. Houston. Well, next year Houston. So yeah. it would be. It would be Houston, Tex. How Texas? How? <laughs> how many wins? How Texas? Houston, We're gonna make up something stupid. We'll have plenty of time so to only one, one win, win versus Creighton. It was versus Creighton. Oh, man. Yeah, great win. Uh, quad one wins projections. I said two. You said three. Oh, sorry. San Francisco, yeah. I skipped that. Just the one. Yeah. It was Creighton. Uh, uh, BYU great had win. one. And then one. Dang it. Only one. Again. It was almost, last year, by the way, it was four. You're a buzzer beater Five away from having NIT two. team? Only four. In the Big 12, Oklahoma State had six. They were 6-12 and 12 in quad one and did not make the tourney. First the team top out. top 10 strength of schedule. They lost out to that Nevada. That scares me. Nevada and the Mountain West got four teams in. Do you think BYU's getting six quad one wins next year? And they were out? Jeez. Okay, I'd, I'd love to be on the bubble, frankly. I'd take the bubble. I'd love to I'd be on the bubble. I'd take NIT next year off the bubble. 100%. Yeah. Okay, quad, we'll break it down in uh, September. No way. Uh, quad th more like November. Quad three and four losses. I said two, you said three. Yeah. There were four. This was the great undoing of the season. To me, it wasn't the lack of great wins. Yeah. It was it was the, the bad losses. Yeah. Butler ends up being a quad three because it's neutral. South Dakota's quad four. That's just one of the worst losses in BYU history. Yep. Pepperdine finished 10th in the league. BYU lost by 12. That one was tough. Those were quad threes. And Santa Clara ended up being a quad three, despite how good they were this year. That was a quad three, losing that one at home. Yeah. On the road, that was quad two. Just but. take away the quad four loss, and then give me a win over Gonzaga and St. Mary's at home. And the season you is so might different. Be in the NIT. So different. You might not necessarily automatically, but 22 and 13. Probably 22 and 13 now with three quad one wins. Especially with Texas Tech and UNC saying we're not, we're not going. Play. BYU's going to be in. Uh, there were bid stealers. If you don't know in the NIT, and you didn't know this, maybe you don't care. Whatever. If you win the regular season like Utah Valley, but you don't win the tournament, your tournament, you are an automatic qualifier. To I went what I thought was ultra conservative overall because I knew that this team was going to be an experiment, and they still didn't even hit the mark. We just didn't think they'd lose that many points. Yeah. yeah, regular season record projections. I said 19 and 12. And you were two games off. I was two games above. I was. 
four games off. I had 21 and 10. I thought BYU could uh, could do some stuff. Well, when they were 10 and three, you were feeling good about 21 and 10. Yes, I was. Right? I was like 11 and five in league. You can do that. You can do that. One loss to everybody else. Okay, WCC finish. You said third, 10 and six. You said fourth, nine and seven. They were fifth at seven and nine. That was tough. <sighs> but here are some highlights of the making shots and blocking <laughs> things. Yeah. They were good moments. Yeah, they were. They were good moments. Truly. NCAA or NIT projections, we both thought BYU would be in the NIT. Yep. And uh, yeah, they did not get in. <laughs> Can you imagine? With this, You're not going to make the NIT. See, here, here's the deal. Yeah, we're, we're, we're always going to guess NIT minimum. We're never going to guess they're not making the NIT. You should because BYU... We work with the team! They're going to hate us if we don't! Jeremy, in the last 19 years... And I believe they will always make NIT+. plus. When they don't, it's rare. In the last 19 seasons, BYU has only missed the NIT three times, including this year. It's a safe bet. Or, I should say, I should rephrase. BYU's either gone to the NCAA tournament or the NIT in 16 out of the 19 seasons. Yeah, BYU goes to the postseason. And we barely even like the NIT. Although, 51 and 66 champs, don't forget it. Those banners are hanging in the rafters of the Marriott Center. Shout out to Mel Hutchins, Roland Minson, Dick Namelka, and the boys getting it done now at that's MSG. Roland Minson basketball. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, BYU-Utah softball going down Wednesday. Hey! Softball back on the air. Let's go, baby. 8 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Don't forget this game a couple years ago was an epic. Oh, my gosh. Epic finish. Martha Epinesa. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I hit a new level of range in my voice. I know. I was surprised. I was like, dude, you're going to try out for vocal points? It, it was too much. It was too much. <laughs> but it was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Ryzen. Shout out to multiple all-American athletes from arguably BYU's most dominant program. This is BYU Sports Nation. Did you say volleyball? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as well. Our question of the day. In the spirit of the Oscars, which movie best depicts the BYU men's basketball season? Oh, boy. Greg Romano on Twitter says, a few good men. <laughs> he, said, he also added, when reviewing the game summaries, I would often say to myself, you can't handle the truth. That's a good one. Uh, Spencer Blake on Twitter, the good, the bad, the ugly. Classic. A classic yep. submission, for sure. I meant the movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. It's on the top 100 IMDb. There you go. All right. Uh, the Crocs Hall on Instagram. This says, is my favorite answer. Hopefully it's Infinity War. Yes. The season was a roller coaster of emotions. Yep. Doctor Strange said that out of 14,605 alternate futures, yep. there was only one where they win. As Doctor Strange also stated at the end of the film, we are in the end game now. Yes, we are. End game is next. The Big 12 is coming. Yes. Yes, maybe this year uh, is what we needed to get better, right? Who knows? Mike Perkins on Facebook, all quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's very quiet after Selection Sunday. Just walking, uh. well, just a bunch of tumbleweeds out there right now, unfortunately. Yep. Our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Jay Law Smith on Twitter says, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. A ragtag group, sometimes lacking heart, courage, and even sometimes brain. Think turnovers. Rough. 
venture out to find their way to Kansas in the Big 12. Hey, Kansas! I love that. Along the way, they encounter evil Oompa Loompas. Are you going to read it? I can't do this. I can't do it. He mentions a certain coach from a specific school. You I'll can let guess. you go and read it. Well, it's not the short one. Evil it's Oompa Loompas one. who deny them again and again and again. Listen, that was production approved, so you can read it. <laughs> um, yeah. Those are some, I like this guy. Uh, yeah. I like him now. Now that we're leaving. Do it. Now that we're leaving. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we do our rise shoutouts, we do want to send our uh, thoughts and prayers to the father of Josiah Jojo Phillips, who's a new yeah. signee for BYU football uh, from Sierra Canyon, uh, whose whose dad uh, suffered a life-threatening stroke. His name is Robert. Mm. Uh, our best wishes to the Phillips family and Robert in his recovery. Uh, we look forward to Jojo being on the BYU football team. It's going to be a baller. Uh, but we uh, hope that Robert uh, is doing better and that uh, he's going to be okay. Uh, there is a GoFundMe uh, set up if you want to contribute, and uh, we certainly hope for the best for the family. Yeah, I met Robert on JoJo's recruiting trip, at least mm. at the football game. Great man. Humble man. Super kind. Super excited that JoJo's at BYU. Yeah. Best, best of luck with that situation. Absolutely. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. There are so many All-Americans for BYU track and field. We actually want to name all of them. Yep. We're not going to name the categories, but we'll name all, everybody. Casey Klinger, Caleb Witzkin, Kenneth Rooks, Trey Jackson, Sebastian Fernandez, he's been on the show, yep. Lucas Bonds, Joey Noakes, whose, whose dad was my history teacher in eighth grade, by the way, Claire wild. Seymour, Sierra Tidwell-Alfin, Taylor Rohatinsky, Annalise Hart, uh, Elena Ellsworth, Sadie Sargent, Riley Chamberlain, yeah. Sadie Sargent again. And we've had a few of these women on the show as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Lexi Halliday-Lowry uh, and Kaylee Faulkner. Ballers. So if you're top eight, you're first team All-American. Next day, second team All-American. Congratulations. Jeremy, That's tra- awesome. Is, is track and field the most dominant program on campus? No, cross country is. Are they part of track and field? No, they're not. Those are separate sports. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. I agree. I agree. But if we a say, lot of people think that they're kind of the same. So, sort of like, yes, cross country and track and field. Is that the most dominant? Yes. They are the most dominant on campus. Absolutely. So many All-Americans. Very awesome. It was Our, a running school. Absolutely. Our thanks to today's guest, Amber Whiting. Sorry to do this, but we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Winton. Shout out to Jared Jensen. Uh, the WNIT selection show happens later today. We'll find out about uh, who the women play. And by the way, yeah. you said during the break, your call sign should be top button. Top button, yeah, yeah. That's my call sign. We found it. If I'm white pants, you're top button, <laughs> right? <laughs> Go Kooks. Oompa Loompa?